Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. And if you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Hey folks, before I get started, I would like to give another shout out to somebody who submitted a message over the website. I'm going to butcher this name, so bear with me. I think it's Mick or Meek. Thank you very much for sending the message. Um, So he said, hi, I really like your podcast. Having recently started at a BJJ gym, the audio seems to be somewhat low, however, at least compared to other podcasts I listen to. I have to max out the volume completely, and even then it's too quiet. Other than that, keep up the good work. Hey man, really appreciate the feedback, really appreciate you uh, reaching out, letting me know that you like it, and um, yeah, the audio has been a bit of a bit of a tricky situation I'm trying to figure out, but I think we're getting there. The last episode, How Framing Works, seemed to be a bit better, and I boosted the volume even more for this one. I noticed that when I do a little playback, I am picking up quite a bit of background noise, and there's a little bit of a hum. I think we're just going to have to go with that for now. I'm going to see how this works. Hey, folks, if it's really distracting, if that background noise and the hum's really distracting, let me know, and I'll just keep playing. I mean, I'm going to keep playing with it anyways, but let me know what it sounds like. Um, I tried to test the episodes on a variety of devices. I listened to it in my car, on my computer, uh, in my headphones, making sure that it sounds good enough across the board. Um, but I'm not a professional audio engineer, and um, it's a tricky thing. So we're uh, we're learning together. All right, so here we go. So today's episode is BJJ sweeps. How do they work, and do they work on bigger people? Before we get started on sweeps specifically, one thing I do want to talk about with just techniques in general is something to remember, something to keep in mind when you're training, is that when we're drilling and learning positions and techniques, we're learning them in a very static way. Your instructor is probably going to show you the technique and break it down into a number of steps that you can follow and replicate. And you're going to drill it at first at very minimal resistance. And then you're probably going to ramp up that resistance and then eventually try to do it during sparring. So you're not learning the setup necessarily, especially as a new person, you're probably not learning the setup, how to how to set up the technique. You're probably not learning all the tiny little adjustments that need to be made, all the nitty gritty details that go into it. You're probably just le- learning the top level step-by-step instruction that goes into the technique. So all this is to say, if you've ever wondered, why can't I get the sweep to work on somebody? Does the sweep not work? Does it just not work on a bigger person? You're probably looking at it the wrong way. Because you could really ask that question with any technique. Why doesn't this armbar work? Why doesn't the armbar work on a bigger person, or etc.? We're not really talking about the technique itself. There's probably not an issue with the technique. Now, that being said, there could be. You could be learning a bad technique. If you're in a jiu-jitsu school that has a high-quality affiliation and there's you know high-quality instruction, you're probably not learning bad techniques. Just keep in mind that you're learning the technique in a very static environment, and then when you go to apply it during a roll, you're entering into a dynamic environment. So it's probably not that the technique doesn't work or doesn't work against a larger person. It's just that there's a number of things that have to happen in order for a technique and a sweep 
to work during live sparring. And that's what we're gonna cover today. We're gonna look at five major points in creating the ideal circumstances of executing a sweep or technique. Those are gonna be the opponent, the ability, the setup, the timing, and the execution. And then we're going to look at some general training tips that will help you with your sweeps and in general. And then we're gonna look at some advanced concepts of when people apply counters and kind of how you can deal with those situations. All right, so to get started, we're gonna cover the five things that you kind of need to cover in order to understand whether the sweep is probably going to work. Step one, your opponent, how good are they at BJJ? So this can come down to skill or size or just variety of trading partners. I talk about all the time how you should train with a variety of people. So if you're trying to sweep the 300 pound black belt and you're a white belt, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble making that happen, regardless of how much you've been practicing your sweep, right? They're just going to know more than you. They're going to have counters. They're going to have ways to shut down what you're trying to do. So make sure that you are trying these sweeps out on, you know, less experienced people than you so that at least initially you can get some success with them and then start to apply them on people who are better and better and better and each person that you encounter as you go up that skill tree is going to offer different forms of resistance and different things. And so then you can kind of address each of those individually as you go and figure out how to get good at countering what they're doing. Likewise, number two is going to be how good are you at BJJ? So if you've only been training for a month, you learned to sweep a couple days ago and you're not able to have success with it, if you find yourself saying, this doesn't work, well, it's not that it doesn't work, it's that you're probably not doing it very well. So you just need to get in more reps, you need to practice it more, make sure that at least, you know, figure out if that's actually what's going on. I will be the first to say, some techniques are just not for specific people, right? There's definitely going to be techniques that apply to a specific body type, um, maybe even a specific level of uh, expertise or athleticism. And you should be aware of those things, but give everything an equal fair chance before you decide that this sucks, this isn't for me, I'm dropping it, right? And so I would highly suggest that you road test something quite a bit before you become critical of it, especially as a new person when you may think you know, but you probably don't. Step three is going to start getting into the nitty gritty here, and this is the setup. And this is where we can really apply this to any technique, but especially important in the sweep. You can't force sweeps, generally. There are some sweeps that rely on actual application of force, but for the most part, you're kind of coming down to the setup and the timing, which is gonna, we'll cover next. And the setup is going to be very difficult because it involves you figuring out how to move them in a way that you want them to move, manipulating their movement. So essentially you should be asking yourself, how do you need to position yourself to execute the sweep? How should your opponent be controlled or positioned to execute the sweep? And how can you manipulate their movement to replicate that ideal circumstance, right? And you can kind of start to deconstruct this and work on it from a backwards position. Once you know your sweep and you know the ideal positioning, how can you get to that spot, right? What do you need to do to move yourself there and to move your opponent there? And how, do, how can you trick them into going there, essentially? And so that's kind of where the setup comes into play. And there's so many different ways you can do this. It's not even worth trying to give you <laughs> one specific way. 
you know, there's push and pull. There's all the, I mean, we're getting into, we can get into a ton of different concepts alone just to talk about the setup. But the beautiful thing is, once you start to learn some setups, they can often be applied to different positions and different techniques. And especially if you've worked any kind of stand-up game, you know, you can start to see how those, th how, how those concepts really start to translate across all of jujitsu. And it, you know, so don't be afraid to put in the effort there because it'll benefit you in more ways than just your sweeps. Number four is going to be the timing. And I kind of touched on this earlier. So you're going to need to react in a very specific moment. And it's going to take a long time for you to get that down. We talk about developing sensitivity um, in some of these podcasts. And this is kind of where we're talking about that. You may, even if you have a perfect setup, you may only have a split second to actually nail the sweep um, especially if you're manipulating your opponent's movement they're probably going to keep reacting and they're going to resist the fact that you're trying to manipulate them so keep in mind that even if you successfully set it up even if you successfully manipulate their movement you probably only have a second or so to then capitalize on that and uh, hit your sweep so if you miss the window of opportunity that's fine See if you can start to catch it. You'll probably, what's going to happen is you're probably going to start to get the setup down. Then you're probably going to start to see the opportunity for the actual sweep to occur, but you're going to miss it. And then you're going to start to see that and react to it in the moment. Step five is the culmination of all these things, and that's really just the execution. So you've got the setup. You've got the timing. You see it. You see your perfect moment. You go for it. Now, with the execution, the main thing here is just don't half-ass it, right? Like, you know, make sure that you're actually fully committing to the sweep. Now, there is another thing here. Maybe you don't fully commit because you actually have two sweeps. And if they give you a specific type of resistance, you know, you're going to go right into your other one. So there's such things as baiting. And really what we're talking about is just a more prolonged setup. And once you start to chain multiple techniques together, you know, the setup is a technique, right? So it's not just manipulating their movement, it's an entire series of movements that you then chain into a technique, which again, just becomes the setup, a more complex setup. So that to say, you know, when you come time to execute the technique, make sure that you're executing, you're not just kind of half trying it lazily because, you know, you spent all this effort setting it up and getting the timing and developing that sensitivity you know, why would you just half-ass it at the end? The good news is the execution portion is probably going to be the easiest part of the entire chain because this is the part that you can most easily replicate during drilling. Setup and timing, those are going to be a lot harder. You're pretty much going to need to be going against resisting opponents during sparring and against a wide variety of skill and body types because in order to develop the sensitivity required for those setups and timing, you're just going to need, it's going to come from experience, essentially. And you're only going to get that with time and a variety of skilled opponents. All right, moving on to some more general training tips that will help with sweeps and in general. The first thing we're going to talk about is pick a few sweeps that you like and focus on them. So we already touched on this a bit earlier, but don't try to master too much too soon. Now, if your gym has a curriculum that you need to follow, then obviously you'll need to learn the items on that. But in terms of actually 
attempting to really get good at the sweeps and really pick up the nitty-gritty details and get mastery over them, really just start with one or two from each kind of position and see if you can find ones that are complementary to each other so that if one fails, you can move right into the next one. And that will be a really great place to start because it'll really allow you to narrow your focus and really figure out how to kind of set everything up and execute and time it all without feeling incredibly overwhelmed by the whole process. One tip I'd like to include in here is when I go to a class, I'm really just looking, if I take away one key detail from the class, I feel very, very happy with what I learned. Like, I mean, if I pick up more than that, usually I will, you know, maybe I'll learn a new technique, I just learn the basics of it, and then maybe I'll pick up one or two key details uh, to kind of build on knowledge that I already had. And if I can do that every day or every day that I train, then I'm going to feel pretty good about my training. I'm not trying to remember every single little detail from every single training session. Maybe there are people out there who can do that. I can't, and I've never been able to. Even when I take notes, and I do try to take notes, I don't always do it the same day, but that can help too. And it can help to go back and revisit those notes because you'll remember stuff that you forgot, of course. But in terms of actual absorbing the information and applying it to your game in real time, I'm just looking for a couple very key details. And I bring this up because I see people try to essentially apply every single technique they learn to their game every time they learn a new technique in class. And I just don't think that's going to work for most people. And I could be wrong if you're training a lot like five or six days a week, then maybe this is realistic. For, for the people who are more hobbyists, if you're just training two or three days a week, you know, maybe don't try to really remember all the nitty-gritty details of everything and just see if you can get a couple key details to take away uh, each class and kind of build upon that. The next tip that will help is once you've chosen a couple sweeps that you want to focus on, now make sure that you spend your drilling, your free drilling time and practice time getting really good at those. So after class, if you're going to be doing roles with people, make sure that you're getting a few minutes drilling those techniques or make sure that you're going for those sweeps when you're rolling and, and try to really focus on those in very specific opportunities. Of course, during class, when you're working on other techniques that the instructor is having you work on, make sure you're doing those, right? Make sure you're focusing on those. But in your own time, Make sure you're spending your time narrowing your focus onto the things that you really want to get good at, right? And this is going to take time and dedication and lots of energy and focus. It's probably going to be very boring at times, but by narrowing your focus down, you will get better at those things quickly. It doesn't mean you have to do that forever, right? So when you're learning something that you want to focus on, and maybe you spend a month only you know, spending your energy really focusing on that, then maybe you move on to another technique, uh, you know, the next month to work on in your free time. So it's not like you're just going to be dedicating your life to this single technique for the rest of your life. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. Training tip number three is that you are going to fail. <laughs> you are going to fail. Your guard will be passed and your sweeps won't work. So just go into this knowing that that's going to happen. This is a work in progress. You're picking a few things that you want to get good at, and it's going to take time, and it's going to take a ton of failure. So if you feel like your sweeps suck, it's because they probably do. However, 
don't feel bad about that. This is all part of the process, and you shouldn't get discouraged when, not if, when all of the, all of it fails. Tip four, I probably don't need to say this, but I'm going to anyways. Just keep working on it. You know, you'll get there. Just remember that, uh, you know, everybody goes through this process, right? If you're feeling discouraged, you know, just remember that you got to keep trying. You got to keep learning. You got to keep showing up. Um, and this brings me into tip five, which is understand that this process never ends. If you're feeling frustrated by the process of failure and this process of kind of getting good at these things, you're probably going to be in for a lot of disappointment <laughs> because this is just a never-ending process of being bad at something and then, be, you know, working your way to that you're kind of good. And the other thing I want to say about when I say, quote-unquote, getting good at something, you know, people talk about getting good at something like it's a static target. It's not, okay? So even if you get good at sweeping all the guys in your gym, first thing that's probably going to happen is they're going to figure out what you're doing, and they're going to figure out how to counter it. The next thing that's going to happen is you're probably going to go to an open mat or a competition at some point or roll with someone outside of your gym, and you're going to find that maybe the things you do don't work against that person, or maybe they do, but there's probably going to be stuff that they shut down very easily, right? There's always a bigger fish. There's always somebody stronger, better, more experienced, younger, in better shape, the list never goes on. So, you know, just focus on how you can improve your game and don't caught up in trying to be the best, just get better. Now to touch on some more advanced concepts here, just to tack this on at the end, I want to talk a little bit about counter techniques and how you can deal with them. So once you've learned a handful of sweeps, you've drilled them extensively at this point, you have experience executing them against tons of different people, you're feeling like a badass, and then what happens? Well, everybody you're training with figures out how to counter what you're doing. <laughs> so that can be an issue. The first thing that I would like to touch on is just know when your technique is being hard countered. Like, you know, understand the difference between you doing something wrong and your opponent doing something really well. And once you've been able to kind of identify that, figure out whether this means that you can make an adjustment within this specific technique or whether that means you need to add on another technique that will complement what you're doing, maybe in an opposite way, and that can help counter what the person is doing. So figure out whether this is an issue with your technique or whether this is an issue with you're just ramming your head against the wall and you actually need to just go around the wall, right? Because a lot of times when somebody hard counters a technique, they have to grossly exaggerate some form of movement and they are likely opening themselves up to an entirely different technique and so now you can figure out what that is, and you can hard counter their hard counter, and you can see how this all just turns into a nuclear arms race, right? <laughs> you introduce a new technique into the gym that you get really good at, people start figuring out how to counter it, you start figuring out how to counter the counter, and the series never ends. Uh, but on the plus side, everybody gets a lot better. And uh, that's really what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to kind of get everybody better. And that's why your training partners are just as important in your growth, even though this is an individual sport. In a lot of ways, uh, we're kind of only as good as our training partners. So keep that in mind. It's not a bad thing when you get countered. This is just the evolution of the culture within your own gym. And this brings me to my last point, is that this process that we've talked about of learning a new technique and getting good at it and doing it against a lot of different people and then having your teammates figure out what you're doing and counter that and then having you counter what they're countering. 
this is such an important process to not only your game, but the gym, but it's important to your game because this is how you learn what we call a game in jujitsu, right? So you have techniques and then you have transitions and you have complementary techniques and moving it all together turns into what they call a game, your game. And that is the culmination of all those parts working seamlessly together and the flow between one position and one uh, transition to another. And so you're only going to get that by this process of learning and then having what you're doing fail and then figuring out how to get around that and then getting it countered and then figuring out how to counter the counter, right? This is the process. Think of jujitsu like a language. When you first start out, you're just learning words. Each technique you learn is like a word, but eventually you're going to want to learn how to make those words into a sentence. By combining multiple sweeps and the ability to transition smoothly between them based on the context of your opponent's resistance and any counters they might be introducing, you are creating a beautiful sentence. And that's essentially what this is all about. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought. In order to make ends meet, I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever. Until next time, tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.